You're listening to Close the Loop, a podcast for business decision makers who are eager to put on their marketing hat and prove the worth of their campaigns. Here to get you excited about attribution and invite you to act on these topics is the host, Kevin Dini, a true marketing and data nerd, live and virtual event speaker, and fan of all things Batman. He's joined by a variety of guests, subject matter experts, and colleagues who are passionate about helping business leaders like you to succeed. No need to take notes. Just visit the show page on callsource.com and read the transcripts, watch the episodes, or get any links mentioned in the show. Hello, and welcome to the Close the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dini. And today, we're going to be talking about remarketing to your customers. It's another let's create. So we're going to be going through the process of actually creating a remarketing campaign here. We're going to be talking about all the elements of that, what it requires, what it takes, what you should be looking out for, pros and cons, right? Entirely dialing down what is a great way to create, what is a great remarketing campaign going to look like. What is the great way to manage a remarketing campaign going forward? Let's first define what remarketing is because I have talked to a lot of people and about this topic. And I remember a few times I'm saying, okay, wait, just so we're all on the same page. What is remarketing? What is that? What does it mean when a marketer says, let's do some remarketing, right? Because is it mean like I'm going to remarket, like doing my marketing over again? No. <laughs> remarketing, the way that we're going to define it today, the way that I commonly use the word, the term, the phrase, is when a business makes an effort through marketing channels to continue to market an audience and keep them engaged. So to attract them, to interact with them, to engage with them, to keep basically to keep the lines of communication open with a specific audience. That's basically what remarketing is. It's not the initial interaction, engagement or connection that a business makes with an audience. It's the continuing communication, lines of communication, lines of communication. It's also the value that the business continues to make in the perception or position or view of the audience in the value that it can deliver, right? A lot of times it's like, well, why does a business need to keep marketing? Once someone knows about them, once they know what they offer, who they are, everything about them, why do I need to keep marketing to them? You know, when they're ready, they'll just come to me. That's not, that's not the case. <laughs> uh, the reason is that other companies are marketing. There's lots of changes. People don't remember every company of every product or service that they want. They will remember maybe if it was recent. But as time passes, there's just so much going on in an audience and a consumer's mind that they're like, you know, there's why would I remember you is going to be their thing. Why should I even care to remember? A lot of the time, unless the consumer has a problem, why would they even be thinking about you? <laughs> right? Why would they even care about what you do? If, the, if they don't even have that problem anymore, right? And another way to look at it is, okay, great. They solve their problem. Are they aware of the other problems they have? Well, remarketing can do that. You've, you've established something with this audience, right? That could be 
they've heard of you, they know of you, they visited your website, they've bought from you, they've continually bought from you, they've subscribed to you, they know of you, they met you, right? There's a lot of stuff in this bubble of, okay, they've you've established some awareness between you and this audience. Now, what do you do next? What do you do with that, right? That's remarketing's purpose. That's really the purpose of it. So I hope that you can kind of see why there's value in it because continuing to engage, to connect with your audience has value, has purpose. It can point them in the right direction. It can help them see that there is an issue, that they have an issue, that you're a provider of those you know, solutions, that there are solutions for the problems they're having. It's a lot. And people get their priorities sort of scrambled because every day, you know, every day of life, you're not thinking about, oh, yeah, all the, all the things I need. You're only like, what do I need to get to where I need to go? Right. What's important? So that's going on individually in every consumer within your audience. An audience, just to be very clear, again, explain this for you, is the collection of consumers that is large enough to be representative, meaning there's enough of them there that you can either market to them, that you can know something about them, that you can understand them better. Homogenous audiences are those that are all the same. So for instance, use me as an example, right? Let's say there's marketers at companies in California that have a penchant for analytics. Okay, I would fall into that group. And if they go even more homogenous, it'd be, might say, males in their 30s um, that also have kids that like golf, that like Batman, the animated Batman. <laughs> I mean, I just keep listing off the things that are me, but th that group would become very, very homogenous, very, very much the same. And the reason that that's valuable is that you can go, okay, this group is all the same. So I can think of a message or a positioning statement, an offer that would apply. If it could get it to apply to one, it's very likely that it will apply to the group, right? If, you, if you're thinking about, let's say, golfers as a group in a specific area, you may go, well, golfers in this area go like blast through their gloves often. So they're continually buying gloves. So, okay. That group has at all that group is a homogenous group. They're all roughly the same and they all have a similar problem. So I can craft one message to that audience that is homogenous that all of them will have in common. And so it will resonate. It will be relevant to them. So the, the more homogenous the group is, right, the more you can kind of rest easy that you can have one kind of message that may resonate to that group. The underlying sort of belief here is that they're homogenous. Now, the truth is, unless everyone's cloned, <laughs> like this is a fantastical example, right? Unless everyone in that audience is a clone of themselves, right? You've cloned me a thousand times and put me in a group. They're not truly homogenous. They're, they're going to be differences between them. Some of them are going to be in a different point of the buying cycle. Some of them will have different interest levels, awareness levels. They're, they might even, they might have just purchased from you. Some of them may not have. Some of them, they're, th the person who was in their role before knows about you, but now they are in that role and they don't know about you. There's a lot of things about a group that make it, that you could pull it apart and say, no, it's not, it's not all the same. They're not homogenous. They're not, they don't have all these things in common as much as we think. So 
you make a group as homogenous as you possibly an audience as the same as you possibly can, and you, you can't do it perfectly. That's basically what I'm after here. Hetero, it becomes more heterogeneous, meaning it's very mixed, right? It, it gets like, yes, this group, we call it an homogenous group of our targeted audience, their ideal, perfect consumers in this audience. But even within that, there's lots of layers. There's lots of combinations of who's really better and who's really not. And that is getting toward the expert or the science or the harder components of remarketing. Because when you have, you can't do remarketing without an audience. I mean, an audience is who you're going to market to. And because remarketing is, is done to an audience that has had some connection with you, that is like the first checkbox of remarketing. Okay, this audience has had some interaction with you. Now, do you want to segment that further? You want to say, okay, well, let's break it down into people who visited my website, people who are leads, people who we've had appointments with or connected with, but they haven't bought. Those that have bought from us, those that have bought from us repeated times, right? The most loyal group. So even within an audience, on a remarketing audience, there's a lot of room to segment. And that is really where there's so much value and potential for remarketing is in segmenting. So the first thing to know about remarketing, right, is it starts with segmenting and building an audience. To go off that, if you're like, okay, by the end of this, I would like to be able to create a remarketing campaign, which is what we're going to do with this Let's Create episode. So the first step is considering who do I want in this audience? Now, audience work, audience building, segmentation is a very powerful, kind of a complex part of marketing operations because it's considering, okay, well, who... What audiences do I have? You may have website visitors. You may have your CRM. Okay, where where could I even find these people? Okay, so I have these two. Okay, on my website, I could break it down by what pages they visited, how many pages they visited, what specific. If I have multiple products or services, what groupings of those are they interested in? You can do all that on the website remarketing side. The side that I'm more interested in for this episode of remarketing to your customers is going to be those that come out of your CRM or your database. There's a lot of ways that businesses store data. So I'm just going to use CRM or database to associate with anywhere where you have, let's say, the stored information of your customers, your consumers, your clients, your patients, whatever it is of people who have worked with you, paid money and transacted with you in the past. So you have this group. Now, how, like, wait, how big is it? How much information do you have? Do you know how recent the service or customer became a customer? Do you know the value, like how much they spent with you? Do you know what they purchased, what services they acquired from you? Maybe how they transacted with you might be important to your business. It, it might also be important how well they like the service um, that you, they received, that you delivered. There's a lot of things you could be thinking, hmm, I have this audience. Maybe I have that audience. It's kind of a cool part. It's kind of the fun part is like, ooh, what audiences do I have? And what can I get value out of in this group? So you have this big giant CRM and you, you get in there and you look, okay, let's see what fields I have. Okay. You know, what fields are populated? Maybe I go by an area, territory. Maybe I look at what they purchased, what they've bought, how much they've spent. You know, any of the things I've listed 
are ways you could segment. Now, when you start layering those on top of each other, right, in this area, bought this product, interested in that service, that's where the list usually goes down. <laughs> it gets cut down pretty quick. So when we're thinking of remarketing audiences, it's important to consider that the end result of your audience cannot be too small. That gets to the next consideration. It's like, okay, I've, I have an idea for a couple audiences. Maybe you've written down, okay, here's the top five. And next to them, right, how many individual, now marketing is always to people, okay? Even at like a company and entity, you're still, at the end of the day, the marketing is effective when a person sees it. So you're not just going to like throw it, put a big giant sign above a business building and the building will look at it and go, oh, I'm the building. I'm going to buy. No. Or a house. The house is going to go, oh, yeah. No, it's the people in the house, the people in the building. It's the people. <laughs> it's always moral marketing is always done to people, right? So you're going to want a list of the people in those segments you've thought of. So in your top five, right? So on the left side of the page, just write a quick name for each one. You might say customer and in this area or just customer, right? Or let's say in my CRM, but not a customer yet, or customer in the last six months, or customer three years ago up to a year ago, whatever your top five are, right? To the right of them, put how many people are in that audience or that segment. So for instance, you might say, okay, well, this one is a thousand. This one is 20. This next one is 200 and this last one is 60,000. Okay. I'm just going <laughs> to come up with some totally random numbers. For remarketing campaigns, you generally want to go with audience sizes at least above a thousand so that you don't waste your time. Now, I believe the smallest audience you could work with is 500 or 300, somewhere in there, depending on the, the platform. But generally speaking, try your best to get an audience size above 1,000. If you don't have that in any population, look at your whole CRM. <laughs> okay, you don't have that? Okay, now let's go to your website. Okay, you don't have that? Okay, if you don't have 1,000 anywhere, this episode of remarketing will not be of use or help for you. <laughs> okay, so you need to be able to remarket, you need at least a minimum amount of audience. So maybe I should have mentioned this earlier. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, you're moving forward. Okay, you've got an audience size. You've got some that are over a thousand. Cross out the ones that are too small for now. Okay. And I'm talking about ad advertising remarketing. You could email five people. You could send a direct mail piece to five people. The medium does make the audience size more reasonable, but we're considering remarketing where you could do any of the channels, okay? Any of the mediums. And for that, the platform that sets the, the requirement for this is the ad platforms because they do have minimum requirements for this. And it's generally about 500, but it's safest to go at the thousand so that you're, you're not wasting your time making copy, coming up with ideas. You, you can pretty much be assured that it's going to work, right? So you've got your audiences above a thousand. You've got other ones crossed out for now. You've got the ones that are above a thousand. Great. Okay. Now, really, any medium you could you could do. You don't have to use ads. You know, then you can go back decide maybe I want to use a smaller audience. But with an audience size above a thousand people, 
It means you could do any medium or all the mediums simultaneously or overlapping in some strategic way. That's the freedom of a list size larger than a thousand. So now you have, okay, I've got this list. I've got this group, this audience. It's thousand or more, maybe a couple there. Now you need to think, okay, well, what am I going to do with them? In some businesses, there is no, there isn't really an upsell. So you may say, well, I, I do business with them, but there's nothing else I could sell them, nothing else I could invite them into. There's no other service I could offer them. So maybe that's not the best list. <laughs> or you could go to the drawing board and say, well, is, can I come up with a service, a product, something that would work for them? You know, there's some product development there. But generally speaking, a business does have opportunities for upselling, cross-selling. And so that's kind of where your, your head should be at is, okay, have this audience it's greater than a thousand ideally it's your you know the theme of this episode we're talking about your customers one of these audiences is your customers so what could you how could you add value to them to what they have and think about them carefully because if you've got a list where it's like hey customers in the last 30 days you may go well is this too early to remarket to them you know, to show them some more marketing. Is it too soon? Maybe it's perfectly the right time. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you're like, you know what? It's not going to be helpful. You know, all the upsells or cross-sells I have are for those that are or have been customers and have our have had our service for a while. Okay. So that all comes into tailoring your audience. That's done. You've done that already. You figured that out. Okay. Now, now that you've got this audience, you may even have ideas just looking at this audience. Oh, yeah, this group would be great to sell these things. But maybe if your audience is large enough, think about, well, what else can you do to make it more homogenous? Can you make it more specific? Make it more, make them more interested in whatever the offer you have ready to go is. For instance, let's think of one. So, okay, let's use the golf example. I might be a golfer in an area and I wear through my gloves pretty frequently. So to wear through my gloves pretty frequently, it'd have to be, I'd have to be someone who either frequently plays or plays pretty aggressively <laughs> when I swing to tear up my glove or something. Or I'm just like, I'm a one glove a game type of person or something. So if you have any of those in any of those data points, you can use them, right? Like frequency of going golfing or anything like that. Um, if you, if you're like, I don't know any of that stuff, you can just go, okay, well, Generally speaking, the people we do business with are in this age group. Maybe they're a little older and they have more time to play. So you go, you know what? I could sell this service. I could sell golf gloves to anyone, but I tend to do best or I tend to sell best to people who are a little older. And you go, okay, you might actually exclude people who are under a certain age, even though you could work with them. You want this group to be more relevant, harder hitting for the message or product or service that you want to show them. You could always create a separate marketing piece for the younger group later, as long as there's enough, I know the audience size limitation is there. But as long as you have that audience size to work with, you might want to think about things that you could remove to make this a more targeted, highly personalized, homogenous audience that in that way, your marketing message is like a, a home run. <laughs> so you, when you put this message in front of them, you're gonna be like, yeah, this is gonna resonate with them. That's the kind of, that's how you want remarketing to feel is, 
oh man, if I've got this great audience in my database, if they, if I message them this message, or if I said, Hey, did you know you're wasting this much? Or you know how much you could save or look at the value that they would really understand that that's the purpose of remarketing. That's it's in its simple form. So you've got your audience, maybe you've tweaked it a bit. Now it's really, really niche, really specific. It still meets the thousand minimum requirements to make it a suitable audience size. Now you're like, yes, all right, I know my audience. And because of the, the nicheness or the composition of this group, I now know what I'm going to offer them, whether it's an upsell, a cross-sell, maybe a promotional thing, whatever it is, to this customer group. Okay. Now, the reason why you want to even market, remarket it all to customers, like I said before, they know you, right? They have worked with you before. They might be a suitably aware group. They're interested. They might be more loyal. They've worked with you. And, and so they have an understanding of what to expect. You can go beyond the, the line of what you've delivered already and give them an even better, even more value. And in that way, you turn them from, yeah, I bought from this company to, I love this company or this company not only helps me with this, they give me all these other things and it's really valuable. Or, you know, they might say, you know, this company is expensive. It's tough, but they're better than everybody else. You know, <laughs> there's lots of realm to work with there. So you've got your audience. You've got your idea of what you want to offer them to some extent, right? Now, before you go any further, and this is to save you time and effort, and I'm telling you this from my own experience, you want to make sure that that list that you have is going to match into the platforms that have remarketing as a service available or remarketing self-service capabilities available. Let me unpack this a little bit for you. If you have a list of a thousand people with a thousand, with you know, here's my list, there's a thousand people, I mean, one in each row down my list, right? As, as usually it's a spreadsheet or a CSV um, format or an XLS format file, whatever it is, right? You're going you're gonna to have people down each, person down each row now, for each in each row, you have the person's information, right? It might be first name, last name, email, phone. From there, whatever other information you've included in this list, maybe the value that they've they've brought to you. Anyway, whatever it is that's in this list, uh, you have to consider. Okay, I have this audience. I have this list. Is this list clean? <laughs> when I put this upload this list or when I match, when I pull it, maybe your CRM or your database has a direct into audience platform tool. I know that some of the platforms, some of the marketing automation tools, marketing hubs, marketing CRMs, things like that, they do have these tools available where you can just say, okay, made a list, now export it to an audience platform for remarketing. Now, if you're working manually, which sometimes is better than those two, even those tools integrations, you want to make sure that all the formatting, all the fields down every row that you're going to import are all crystal clean and <laughs> that they are all functionally correct. So the email field, right? If you think about it, well, it's always something at domain and then TLD, right? So it's like Kevin at callsource.com or bill at callsource.com or something like that, right? It's always like something at 
the company domain, which is sometimes called, which for us is callsource.com, right? That's usually what an email address looks like. If you see something that says Kevin at, and there's no something.com or .net or Gmail or whatever it is, right? Then that email address is broken. It's bad. That's not a correct email. So even though it's in your thousand, the problem is, is that when it tries to match up into the audience platform, it's not going to work. The audience platform has this information. And so what you're doing is you're taking your list or your report or your tool integration, and it's saying, hey, I have Kevin here. Here's his information. Do you have Kevin? And they're going to go, okay. If you have a bad email, it's going to say, nope, I don't have it. So you're, that row won't count. Now, if you have a thousand and you import across and it says, okay, I only found 50, <laughs> right? Your match rate is going to be terrible. That's a 5% match rate. That's terrible. You want to shoot for match rates that give you a sizable audience to advertise to at the end of the day. That's why I said, try to get a thousand clean <laughs> list of records because when you match your match rate, if your match rate is 50%, you end up with 500 that you can target of the thousand that you gave them. That's it. So your match rate 50% means that your thousand got cut in half. They matched half. You can't expect a match rate of a hundred percent. I mean, it can happen, but just assume that you're going to get a 50, hope for a 50% plus because then you'll still meet the minimum requirements, right? Like I said, minimum is 500 ish. That's why I said, go to a thousand when you make your list, because when you go to match into these remarketing platforms, they are going to require you that your matched audience be a certain size. So you, you're going to need to clean your list up. If it's not too enormous, meaning I, I think, you know, depending on your memory of your computer and Excel or Google Sheets, whatever you're using to, to clean it up, isn't in the hundreds of thousands of rows of people, then you can do it some of it manually, right? You can go through and say, okay, you know, any email address that doesn't contain the at, at sign, any anything doesn't have a period, right? Make them all lowercase, get it all prepped. The other thing you can do is each of the audience platforms for remarketing have a template. So get their template and then copy your list onto their template and then make sure your format set matches exactly as they want. I know in Facebook, they may say something like, okay, give us, you know, separate the first name and last name. Another platform might say, give me the first name and last name all together. <laughs> and then you might go, oh, okay. Well, what if some someone includes their middle name? What if someone has a, a side, uh, has like a junior or a mister or a doctor in front of their name, right? All of that you're going to have to clean up, which is <laughs> the data organizational component of what you're doing. And it makes your CRM data governance really important so that you don't have to worry about doing this constantly, right? You don't export email addresses and they're all funky. They're all terrible. You want to make sure that your information is clean so that you can do things like this without spending. It's like, great. I love the idea of remarketing. I went and I pulled out my list and it was, the list was all garbage, right? Half the names are, are capitalized or, or missing a last and first name or something, right? or they don't have any email addresses, or that most of the email addresses are wonky. Go through, clean it up, get it real nice, <laughs> do it your best, right? You can't expect anything more than that. You take your list, you upload it, or use your integrator tool or whatever it is to get 
to take your customer audience and put it in these platforms. So you put the, the most common ones, right? Say Google and Facebook that a lot of people are using. But a lot of or most of the audience networks that are self-service have a capability of uploading a list and then matching it and just telling you, okay, well, you uploaded a list of X and this is how many we have of those people. I'm not going to tell you individually who they have for privacy. They're just going to say a number, an overall aggregate number, right? So assuming, okay, let's check this box. Assuming you've got your audience, your offer, and it's a matched audience size, suitable for advertising, right? Great. Now you can begin <laughs> the digital marketing of remarketing to this audience. Now, at any point along this way, if you've reached a point where you're like, crud, I don't have a large enough audience. I don't have a, my matched audience were terrible. You could always go back to any sort of remarketing medium that, that is not digital, that has a smaller requirement. You could literally send one letter to one person. You could direct mail like 200 postcards, right? You can call people. Um, there's lots of things you can do that aren't digital that would still work and work really well for remarketing. But as we're moving forward, we're going to focus on the digital side. You've got a matched audience and they're sizable enough to advertise to. Okay, so you make your campaign. Uh, my taxonomy always tells me everything I need to know about the campaign. And it's a unique campaign name, just in the campaign name. It's always unique there. That my campaign names are always unique. So in my campaign name, it's going to tell me this is a remarketing campaign. It's going to tell me who the audience is. It's going to tell me when this campaign was established. It's going to tell me other information if I need to know anything that I put up along the way. So that, you know, we always, it's the practice of if you get hit by a bus, <laughs> right? And you're gone. Is anyone going to be able to look at this campaign and go, Oh, I see what he was doing here. You know, I could figure it out. Or they're just going to see the campaigns called campaign number four. <laughs> That's so helpful. I, I know everything I need to know from campaign number four. No, you don't know anything. Campaign number four doesn't mean anything. So in the campaign name, and this is what we'll pass across into UTM parameters. I like to put RE. So that tells me, okay, this is a remarketing campaign, right? And that also helps differentiate it in UTM parameters. And when it, they come ultimately maybe to my website or if they call or anything like that, I'm going to know, okay, that this came from remarketing campaign so I can attribute it. Okay, I've got my campaign. Now, most of the, I would say 90% of remarketing campaigns are going to be display-based. So what does that mean? That means that when you remarket to people, it's going to be with a visual, a graphical video, some sort of a placement um, that is going to be an ad that is contextually graphical. It's going to have images, imagery to it. It's not going to be just text most of the time, like um, actually like highlightable, copyable text. The ad itself is going to be in the format of a display ad. And that, I believe, is the choice of most platforms. There, It's not always the case. There are other ways. There are other, let's say, placements, other types, other formats, other mediums within digital even that it may show up. But generally speaking, 
when you're the ad that people are going to see is going to be a display ad, an image ad. Okay. <laughs> could be responsive, could be a lot of things, but generally think of it as there's text-based ads that have no graphical visual component. They're just words. There's display, which incorporates quite a lot, which is graphical and then video, right? Maybe moving GIF responsive is in there, but generally speaking, the sort of experience ads are going to be a lot more on the, the visual and the more informative, quick, simple ads are going to be in text-based. So the display side ads are going to be what mostly is going to be the option for you for remarketing. So just be thinking, okay, I have my offer in mind. I know the audience. I have them in mind. I, how do I, what visual do I make for this? Okay. Remember with display ads, you've got less I like to think of it, you've got less than five seconds. That's it. Someone's going to give you five seconds of their time at best here. <laughs> Some people don't even look at the sides of a blog or where the banners are for ads. Some people have a lot of ad blocking, so they don't even know the ads exist. But if they do see them, if they are there, you've got less than five seconds. Okay. So things that are important, okay, is to note is that the border of your graphic, your banner, whatever it is, needs to have some contrast relative to the page it's on. You may be thinking, well, display ads run the gamut in format. They go tall, like a skyscraper. They go wide, like a billboard. They go square, rectangular. They go tiny on mobile. They go, there's all kinds of combinations, whatever it is, right? You really don't want people wondering, is this an ad? Now, it kind of seems counterintuitive, but hear me out here. You want people confident that when they click that, that they know they're going to, a nut, they're going to another page. You want them to expect that I'm going to go to this page or, oh, I, I know this is an ad, but I still want to click on it because it's that interesting to me. You don't want to trick people. <laughs> you don't want to... Make an ad look just like the page it's on. So they click on it thinking that they're going to go within the page. And then you take them somewhere completely else, elsewhere. That is not, that is not a good experience. You want people 100% to know this is an ad. I don't care. Right. It's kind of what you want them to say because there's something so compelling about this ad that I want to click on it anyway. That's how you do proper. The, maybe not, I shouldn't say proper. That's how you do effective display advertising. You don't want them to think that when they click that, that nothing's going to happen. You want them to know when I click this, something will happen. So that's why I say slap a one pixel border around the outside of this display ad, whatever the visual is. You could make up a display ad in Microsoft Paint. Okay. You, it doesn't have to be hardcore professional graphic design. If you have the ability to have someone make something for you, mock up something, something you've used in the past that fits this entire scheme really well, do that. Fine. You are going to need to make, assuming that um, you're not using some of the like kind of responsive design components of some of these ad platforms, you probably will need several formats. And there are some most common formats for banners, for display ads, and there's some least common ones. The most common ones are going to be like, right, the billboard type, the leaderboard type, the square, the, the, and the same versions designed for mobile. That's basically it. Think of this like within a month, okay, 
most businesses can come up with an audience, can match it, okay, can clean it, match it, have their offer and their graphics designed, which is, and then ultimately, and their landing page built. That's kind of what's required to get a remarketing campaign launched. You're like, okay, I've uploaded my list. I know my matched audience. It's good enough. I know my offer. I know kind of what visuals I want. I know kind of how I want the ad to look. Go make that landing page look dead similar to your display ad. So again, let's use the golf example. If you've got a glove hand torn up and shredded or something <laughs> in the ad so that someone goes, whoa, what is that? And they know understand golf and it's familiar to them, but seeing it shredded up and then your offer is like, hey, we, you know, we'll ship a glove to you or five gloves to you a month or something. If that's your service, I'm just coming up with it here. <clears throat> when they click that and go to the landing page, put that glove image visual something on the page, put the same language on the page. One of the biggest problems with where it falls off, right? From the click to the land is when your ad doesn't look anything like your landing page. It's such a bad, this is a practice applied to any display ad, but for remarketing to your customers, you want that ad to be really resonated with them. So don't just, don't just leave it all in the ad. Think about, okay, now that they've clicked it and they've gone to the landing page, right? It's still important that there's congruence there, that it's relevant, that it's, you're not clicking on glove and then you, now you're landing on a, a sale for golf clubs. Okay. That's not, that's not the transition you want to make. You want to keep this all very much congruent and in line. Now you've got it all. Now think about this. I mean, go to a whiteboard like this, right? Go to write it down on a piece of paper. Think about it. What will be the experience of the customer I have in this group? And you're going to go, okay, so they're sitting one day, they visit a site, they see my ad. They go to another website or another website or they see their Facebook feed or wherever it is you're advertising, right? They see my ad again. Okay, they read it. They go, this is compelling. I know this is an ad. I'm going to click it because I'm interested in figuring out either how much it costs, if it's true, what the terms are. You know, like they're, they're compelled to move to that next step. They're interested. In that moment, they're interested. They go there to the landing page, okay? Whatever's on that page, that's the next layer of experience. Okay, let's say they decide either to fill out the form, to call, to chat. Whatever it is that your converting, converting action point is, they do that. Then there's a follow-up. Then there's the next step. Maybe there's an appointment. Maybe there's a visit. Maybe, whatever it is that you do until they purchase again, okay? Walk through what that – think about what that journey feels like. What does it look like? Does that make sense, right? And that's where I want to throw some monkey wrenches in here at the end, which is what things do not do and what things to really think about with remarketing to customers, okay? These are the things that are the most common arguments, all right, against remarketing. Number one, remarketing makes everyone pissed off. <laughs> Remarketing really makes people upset. I already bought the couch. Why am I seeing the couch again in ads? You know, I'm a customer. Why are they treating me like I'm not a customer? This is all remarketing done wrong because it is hard. Remarketing, getting the list right, which I spent so much time on, 
is hard. You might be a customer in their database. They may have exported that. They may have put it in a list to match the audience of, and they didn't find you. That's not the business's fault, right? It's just the way of the, it's just the way that it works. So you may, they, they don't, uh, business may have a couple audiences. They may have, okay, people who haven't bought. Then they have people who have bought, people who are in a special group, right? They may have these three. That's it, three audiences. Well, if, if for some reason the lists don't work, you're just going to roll up to the audience that they do have you in, but the information is mismatched. So you may see ads that say, oh, join now to become a new customer. This discount only applies to new customers. And it's like, oh, crud, I'm already a customer. Why am I seeing these ads? I despise these ads. <laughs> so this happens a lot and is a thing that really does upset people is being in the wrong audience. Okay. So you have to think about that. Okay, I have this audience. What if I missed people? My match rate was, let's say, 50%. What's going to happen to the other 50%, right? Is this going to be relevant to them, okay? The other thing to remember is frequency. That metric is so important. It's the frequency of pissing people off, <laughs> okay? It's very much the same. It's, it's a similar correlative metric to getting people frustrated. Frequency is the amount of times that a single person has seen that ad. So if, let's say I saw an ad three or four times. That may not really upset me, especially if it's over like a week span. You know, I just may be like, oh yeah, I've seen that company again and again. Some people seeing an ad even once will flare them. Okay. There's also people who could see an ad a thousand times and not care. So don't worry about necessarily getting people upset because you have to take some risks in business. You have to do that. But to get the, the least amount of people upset, frequency will tell you how many times on average what each person has seen or one person has seen an ad. All right. So on Facebook, it's very, very, they, they have this metric in there. It's important that you look at this. So let's say you run a campaign for a couple weeks if your frequency is above 10, okay, maybe it's above 20. <laughs> that means that the people who have seen your ads each have seen them on average over 10 times or over 20 or over 30. When it gets above 10, you may want to consider lowering your daily budget so that less people would see it. That's just one way to control that. Another way to control it is to put more people in the audience. So that basically your ad budget is spread over a larger group of people. So the frequency should go down. You kind of want <laughs> under 10 frequency. If you can get under 20, it might be healthy for you, depending on your business. You may want a really high frequency in a short period, and then you're going to turn the ad off. You may just want to go hard for a little while. Okay. All of these are different strategic use cases, but really don't forget about frequency because if you over-frequent your people, they're going to be upset. They're going to get mad. <laughs> okay. The second thing that I keep hearing about remarketing, and then the first one's not untrue. It's just, you got to be mindful, right? The second thing about remarketing that makes people upset is that whole, I bought the couch. Why am I seeing the couch again? You can't do anything about that all the time. You, but it, and it's so hard to control your audiences so that they're exclusive. You want minimal overlap between especially vertically grouped audiences that move people through a, a linear process, like a customer journey, a buying cycle, 
you don't want people to keep seeing an ad when they don't care. They've already bought. They're not interested. So you may keep your audience window short, small. So meaning if you uploaded a list, you advertise to it, you may go, okay, in 60, 90 days, I'm going to wash this list out, put a new campaign on or something. Like there's other ways to try to combat the frequency problem or the I'm in the wrong bucket problem. But it's something you can't forget about because it will frustrate people. (laughs) All right. Last one is there's a lot of different marketing strategies, mediums, channels. Gosh. So if I'm doing no marketing today, how important is remarketing? I always think about it like this. When you first start running your marketing campaigns, it will flow like a funnel. The funnel is really a great example. You're going to have people at the top, people in the middle, and people at the bottom. Okay, Where your campaign fits in is 100% dependent on the, on the funnel above it. For instance, to convert people in the middle, those people need to know who you are, have some awareness, and have some understanding that, uh, that there's a problem and that you could possibly solve it. Right, All that happens at the top. So people aren't just going, I've never heard of this company. I have no idea what they do. I'll call them. <laughs> that doesn't happen. So to get people to the point where they go, I know what this company does. I'm interested. They have a, I have a problem and they can solve it. You know, To get them to that awareness and interest level, that buying stage level, they have to uncover and get educated. Right, That happens kind of at the top. So you move people top to middle to bottom. So wherever your marketing is, it's situated sort of in a funnel. Now, where what's the drop-off? Let's say that people who are signing up on your website, let's say there's 100 in a month, and let's say out of the 100, only 2%, so two, end up turning into a deal or an opportunity or an appointment or something. So 2% of 100 is two people. That's kind of small. So you may go, hmm, I'm seeing 100, and I'm only able to convert of the 100 leads, two of them, that seems that feels bad. What can I increase that number? Okay, that's what's there's a severe drop off happening in my funnel. It's going from a healthy shaped triangle to like a very skinny, weird, <laughs> like a really long funnel, right? Very skinny in the very skinny and toward the bottom. So that understanding where your where your flow or your customer journey has drop off points, the drop off points are perfect for remarketing. Okay, you have 100 leads that came in, only two turn into appointments. What about the other 98? What can we do there? Ding, ding, remarketing, (laughs) right? Let's get them back. Maybe there was something that initially interested them and then they lost interest. Well, how can we get their interest up again? How can we get them excited again? That's remarketing. That's one of its most tactical use cases so that you understand. Now with customers, they're already bought, right? But what are they doing? Like, sure, you've got them, you bought, but now they're just out there. You have this entire list of customers. What could, could you do something with it, right? Could you get them back? Get them to come back again and again and again. That, again, see, tactically, that's where remarketing fits in. So those are some of the quick wins as well, right? Think about drop-off points. Think about your customers, what you can do to upsell, cross-sell to them. Think about... How I can, how you can get your CRM to be cleaner so that you can get lists out faster. So there's not such a horrible day spent in Excel or Google Sheets cleaning up, you know, 
email or names or whatever. The cleaner your list is, the higher your match rate. So it could be pretty important to have clean data. And if it sounds like a lot of work, it's okay. It kind of is, but it's really not. Once you've done this a few times, you have the process down, you know what to expect, you know, okay, this is how much work I need for the landing page, for the graphics, either maybe a video you're going to make. I need, I understand what it takes to get the audience in the list. And now I can move going forward. You really don't need hundreds of remarketing campaigns. You may just have one. That's it. Maybe you've never had one before. Maybe you're going to try it for the first time. Maybe you have some, but you'd like to redo them, knowing some of the pitfalls and some of the things you need to be aware of. Maybe you're going to check them to make sure that you're, you know, the window of time that someone could be in your audience isn't like six months. Maybe you're going to tighten it. Okay. If they're interested, they're probably going to buy from me in the next like 30 days or 60 days. And that's it. So set your window to that time. And if your audience gets too small, you know, you have to you have to go to other channels or other mediums. Maybe you have to spend more in something over here to get these other lists to be larger. Your brand new business, you don't have much to work with in customers. So all of these to say are opportunities that I think make it so that you have a place to build the relationships between your business and your consumers by providing messaging, engagement, and interactions that do provide value to the audience and to the business. And that's all what remarketing is. So I appreciate everyone listening. I hope that through this Let's Create, you've had an idea of what it takes to get a marketing remarketing campaign together, how to make them successful, what to be thinking about, and ultimately that you'll start remarketing and you won't be let's say, frustrating too many people <laughs> that you'll be able to do something about it. They're not the cheapest, but they're also not the most expensive campaigns. I wouldn't say that they're the silver bullet of cheap campaigns because they can be mismanaged. But if they're managed well, remarketing campaigns can be so effective at cost per lead, at generating lost opportunities, at recapturing, you know, that other example, the the opportunities that you that just didn't work the first time. It does take people multiple times, multiple impressions of things before that they will jump on it. Maybe they're ready, maybe they're not. So remarketing is all about kind of taking that risk. And so I appreciate you listening. Tune in again next time. Have a great end of the year. Thank you. <laughs>